Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Well, guys, would you turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. John says, I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. It says, so that you may know, konosko in the Greek, that means to know intimately. To know with a thoroughness, like you studied to get your master's degree. This is not knowledge of, you just heard it once. So that you might wonder, because I heard you might get everlasting life, but you're not really sure. This is so you absolutely know. Now why does he have to write to believers who believe in the name of the Son of God, right? Why does he have to write to them and say, I wrote these things to you so that you may know that you have everlasting life. I mean, didn't they already know that? How many people do you think don't know that? They're not sure. You ask them, if you were to die today, do you know if you would go to be with the Lord? Do you know you have everlasting life? I can tell you there are many folks that will answer that question. Well, I'm not sure. I hope so. Or maybe. I hope I die on a good day. You know, after I did some good things and not some bad things. Or I hope I die me personally, was after Saturday confession. Because that way, all my sins, right, of the week I took care of, and then, Lord, take me on Saturday night, please, before I can rack up too much more. My understanding wasn't based on my faith in the Son of God. It was somehow based, I believed in Him, yes, yes. But I thought, I have to do some extra good stuff. And I better go out on a good note. Hope that it's not after I did a lot of bad stuff and I didn't get to the confession box in time. Or, and I don't know why I taught like that, but as anyone can relate to what I'm saying, that you thought, man, I hope I go on a good day. It's kind of, I don't know if it's just internally wired in us where we think that, you know, that we want to go out pleasing God on that day and we want to be a good way out. But we do this. And John has been pastoring for a couple decades now, and he's going, guys, I got some news for you. I wrote this whole letter. So you would know. Not so you would wonder. Not so that you might be, maybe, could be, would be on a good day, going to get everlasting life. But so you would know that you have. Now, he doesn't say that you obtain it later, like after you die, then you start. No. Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And that I've heard preached many different ways. Some guys say he came to give us life, that is everlasting life. And then the more abundant part, they say, is that portion of life that we still have down here until we see him. He makes that even more abundant living because we get to walk with him through the rest of this time we spend down here. I've heard it flipped the other way by preachers. By the way, in Greek, I can't prove it either way. I mean, I could teach you both. They're neither wrong. But some guys use the first, I came to give you life, and they say, that's the life we have down here, and the more abundant life is the life we get up there. And then I've heard other preachers switch them to the uh, opposite. I don't care. They're both included. Does that make, you know, some guys like to fight over stupid stuff. Eh, don't go there. It's not even worth it. The facts is the facts. He came to give us life. More abundant life. And you need to know 
that you have eternal life. Because sometimes we face trials and tribulations in this life. And one of the things we have as Christians is that thing that is the anchor of our faith. That knowledge that no matter what happens, the worst day, some of us, we think the worst day would be the day we die. Which, as a Christian, is actually not the worst day. Maybe our way out might not be good, but hey, face it, once we're done, we're out of here, right? And that's our best day, because that's our first day in heaven. The Bible says, when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. So, it's not really our worst day. It's kind of like the best, yeah, well, we're done. All right. Now, John witnessed, I believe, a lot of believers going through the same problem that we have today. People not assured of this truth, that they have everlasting life. They don't know for certain. They hope. They wish. They hopefully wish they could be, would be. But I'm not here to preach that to you. I'm here to tell you, if you believe in the name of the, of the Son of God, Jesus, guess what, guys? I can finish the sermon right now. You all have eternal life. Hold on to it. Don't be like, oh, I don't know. You have it. Now, the next two verses give me the greatest of confidence in my faith. And they get me through some of the hardest of times. But you got to pay attention to some of the little subtle details in these words. Let me read it to you. Verse 14 says this. This is the confidence which we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. Anybody want to get your prayers answered? You know, like 100% guarantee. And I'm not the one guaranteeing. I'm going to use the Bible, a verse right here, to guarantee your answer. I don't know if you notice this, but there's a condition to getting 100% guaranteed answers. Did you see the condition here in verse 14? Look at that. He says, this is the confidence we have before him that if, whenever there's an if, you guys know that means there's a like condition, that if we ask anything according to his will, right? Do you think God has a problem with answering your prayer when you're praying, God, your will be done? No. In fact, it's a condition. If you ask anything according to his will, it says, then you know he hears you. And if you know that he hears you, verse 15 says, in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. I read this verse as a young man in Bible school back in 1979. Up in the San Bernardino Mountains, Calvary Chapel had this Bible school in Twin Peaks. It's cool, it's nice, and like down in San Bernardino can be like muggy and hot, and, and you get up in the mountains, you're like, oh, it's like a retreat. When you get up there in that retreat setting, it's kind of like you're away from the rest of the world, away from all the problems, and stuff is good. Like, let's see God. It's like mountaintop experience. You feel close to him, and, and there's no troubles up here, and we would get letters, and and someone would call to the school and say, hey, there was, a, there was a terrible thing down here in the valley, and we need you guys to pray for this. And, and, there, and then we get heavy news. Auntie has got cancer, and, and can you guys pray? And 
We're up there just having a good old time, learning about God, reading the Bible all day, going to class, studying different books of the Bible. It's like, you're, after a while, you just kind of like, I don't know, you get enough Bible, it kind of lifts your soul, floating, not really, but I mean, in the spirit side of things, you, you just feel lifted. So we're just like kind of going, this is great. And then you get news that, oh, heavy stuff. Need prayer. You guys pray. You're up there seeking God all day. You can pray for us, right? We're like, sure. And I read this verse. If I ask anything according to his will, then I know he hears him. And if he hears it, I know I have the thing which I asked. So doesn't seem too difficult to me. Whatever I got to pray for, I'm just going to say, God, I ask your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys are going to laugh, but this is like a big revelation for me, okay? This is like new way to pray. Whenever I pray, I'm just going to go, God, we got some problems down here. Here's the problem. I lay it at your feet. And not like you don't know about it. You know, sometimes we think we're informing him. God, you probably didn't know that Sister Sally has a big tumor and she needs a touch and he already knows. You're not like really have to inform. Some guys at men's prayer, they're, as they pray, they're like giving God the full description. Now, I don't know if they're doing that for God's sake or everyone else in the room, but I don't think he really needs to know because he already does. So when we pray, we just go to him. Say, Lord, here's her petition. Could you help Sister Sally? She needs your touch. And we ask it. We want you to hear our prayer. And if you want him to hear your prayer, what do you have to pray? According to whose will? Your will? No, his will. How many think God's will is better than our will? Because, you know, sometimes we're, we're pretty sure our will is good. And some come to me, Pastor, I am sure my will is the best, and who cares what God's will is? This is what I want. So you tell him, I want this person to be my spouse, and I want that car, and I want that house, and whose will are they praying for? Theirs. Let me show you a verse in James real quick. It's only a couple pages back from 1 John. Chapter 4 of James, in verse 3, it says, You ask, and you do not receive, James says. Because you ask with wrong motives, so that you might spend it on your pleasures. You know, oftentimes people are praying and they're not getting answers. I'm like, what are you praying about? Well, I want to win the lottery so I can have a mansion and a gazillion dollars and, and I can just buy my own island and kick everyone else off and have some space. Whose um, motives and pleasures are they thinking of? Themselves. Jesus said, I didn't come, he didn't come to serve himself. He says, I came to serve others. You want to be great in my kingdom, he says? Learn to be the servant of all. Learn to be the servant of all. I mean, we're supposed to be taking care of others. You want to muck up your prayers? Make yourself the central focus. It's not that you can't pray about things that you need. It's that you need to learn to pray, God, here's my petition about what I see Here's what I need. And I have found out that I really don't know stuff as best as I could. I could be going, God, here's my need. God, I just put that before you. And, and, and then I give him instructions. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. He needs help, right? And what I've forgotten in my silliness is, and, and sometimes, you know, the Bible says my ways are well, below his ways. My thoughts 
What, what's it say? His thoughts are ab above my thoughts. See, I like serving the Lord because his ways are, it says, way above our ways. His thoughts above our thoughts. He knows what he's doing. But sometimes we struggle with this idea. God, I'm going to pray according to your will. Lord, would you do your will? Now, as a young Christian, when I read this, I, I thought, well, I give it a shot. I mean, what, what's it going to hurt if I pray, okay, God, do your will? And there was a, a sister at Bible school with me, and we said, let's not pray anymore our will. Let's just try this. Because it also says if two or more agree on any one thing, asking in Jesus' name. Jesus said, ask in my name. Try this. That your joy would be full. Just ask in my name. See what I'll do. He said, up till now, you've never asked in my name. Well, we'd pray. Phone would ring. Someone would say, you're not going to believe this. There was a miracle. You know, they called and said, pray for the auntie with the thing and the tumor. It's gone. We're like, oh, cool, that worked. Next prayer request. And we, we started praying, and it got, word got around at the Bible school. If you need your prayer answered, go ask Izzy and Sheila. They'll pray. They got some kind of special connection. I'm not kidding you. We were like inundated with prayer requests. And the funny part was God was really strengthening our faith because we were young. We didn't know what we are doing. We're just like, okay, God, we're new at this. Um, your will be done in Jesus' name. Here's our petition. Amen. And we just kept going. And every time we prayed, you know how sometimes the Lord shows off just to kind of help boost your faith? He was showing off galore. I mean, every time we finish praying and all of a sudden we get a call, prayer answered. One of the fellows comes and says, hey, Iz, I need you to pray. And he pointed over to one of the sisters at the Bible school across the, we were, we were in the activity area, and he points over to this gal and he says, see her? I want you to pray that she'll be my wife. And when he said it, right when he said it, has anyone ever had someone say something to you and you get this kind of like red alert or some people call it a check? You get this like something that's not right. I mean, you somehow inside you know. You don't even know how you know. You're just like, that's not, not right. And so I looked at him and I thought, I, I don't feel right about this. You know, it says, ask according to whose will? God's will. So I said to him, I said, you want me to pray because you know I get 100% answers, right? Guaranteed. He's like, yeah. I said, do you know how come I get 100% answers? I can teach you so you can get 100% answers on your prayers. And he's like, okay. And I, I showed him the verse. We have to ask according to whose will? I'm looking at verse 14 with him. And he says, uh, according to his will. I said, good. So, um, what if, I asked him, what if it's not his will for you to marry that one, it's his will for you to marry that one? And I'm just pointing to, you know, a different gal in the room, and he went, don't pray. If you're not going to pray for her, then don't pray. You don't understand what I'm asking. And I said, oh, I do. And it became more obvious to me, whose will was he asking for? His. But you know, if anyone could help us pick out the right spouse who knows what that person will be like five years, 10 years from now, 30 years, 
Does God know the beginning from the end? Does he know our lives? Does he know who will complement us through all that journey? Who will help us through the ups and the downs and, and grow with us? Or in the case of some folks, they don't receive this, will grow apart. And I think a lot of people would be spared if they would just check in with our boss and say, how about your will on who I'm with? You know, this is probably one of the biggest areas of wrestling in the Christian church today is that believers trust God for their eternal salvation, but they don't trust him for their spouse. They think their picker is better than his picker. They think they know more than God in this area. Why do we do that? I mean, think that one through. Is that really smart? To put your knowledge above God's? Let me submit to you, you don't do well when you do that. You'd be better off to say, not my will, but whose will? Your will. In every area of your life, you want to be blessed, you want to see your prayers answered, start trying this. Just give it a whirl this week. Just say, God, not my will, but whose will be done? Your will be done. And see if you don't start seeing answers to prayer. And you might see some things just explode in your spiritual journey that you have not experienced before because maybe you've been pressing to get your will done and you're wondering why it hasn't been working. You're better off to submit your will to the one who made you. The one who knows you, the one who knows what you will become, the one who wants to give you what you need for that journey. To me, it's almost like angels come to my door sometimes. Some of you come at the end of your trip and go, here, we want to go to help someone. Okay. What they don't realize is what a blessing it is to us and our walk when we sit there unloading and going, look, item one on this list, item two. Lord, you're so good. Now, if you've never experienced what I'm talking about, you maybe need to try this this week. When you get ready to pray, God, I need this thing. Here's my petition. How about I'll give it to you with no strings attached. You answer the way according to your will. Because you could be praying, maybe you're praying for a new car. Or maybe praying a, a certain old car. God, give me that. I really like that. You know, when I was a kid, it was the Carmen Ghia, the convertible. And one of my teachers at school had one. And he had been working and working to get it fixed up. Teachers don't always make that much money. So it was one of those kind of trade with the shop teacher for time to do stuff and get the shop teacher to get some of the students to help fix it up. Then I got to know the teacher and I found out that that car was a piece of junk. It overheated all the time. They're not water-cooled, the engines are air-cooled and they don't get enough air to cool it. A lot of problems with them. And, but they don't tell you that on the outside, right? They don't say written on the outside, this thing's a piece of junk. Lots of problems. Constant overheat, constant breaking down. No, they don't say that. It just looks good on the outside. And sometimes we make all of our decision-making, our, our understanding by looking at things, what I call, on the outside. When we have a God who knows all what's under the hood. And he might be going, I really don't think that would work for you. You'd be cursing and kicking it really soon on its first breakdown, which would be tomorrow. But we don't know what tomorrow will bring, so we're thinking, give it to me now, God. This is what I want. 
Well, God might have something better. But you limited him with your prayer. That man walked away from me going, nope, don't bother praying. If I don't get what I want, I don't want you to pray. I thought, how many people have gotten what they want only to find out it really wasn't what they wanted later? They didn't know it, though. Is God's will really good for you? Does he know better than you know? Then is it going to really hurt for you to pray for his will? I mean, it's going to hurt you, right? He's going to crush you as soon as you say, your will, not mine. You'll ruin your day. Is that what he's up to? No. But why are you so afraid to pray for his will? Some of you, because you think you know better. You don't. Whose will are you supposed to ask? His will. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.